The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Is it anybody, is it their first time here tonight? Yeah, one, two, quite a few, quite a few. Three, four. Um, uh, do, is it, uh, sorry, uh, have any of you meditated before? Have you done some meditation before? Um, much experience with meditation or just starting or... Yeah, so-so, so-so, okay, no problem. Um, so just for anybody that is new, um, I'll just explain a little bit about what we do tonight. We'll sit for probably, so if you're brand new, we're actually probably sit for a little bit long, longer than what you're used to. So we usually sit for about 45 minutes to an hour ish um, but I will give instructions throughout that um, you know if you finding it a little bit difficult and you need to stand up and go for a walk or something that's fine don't worry about it um, so I'll uh, give some guided instructions as we move through the night and then after that if you have any questions you you know we open the floor for questions so that's about the strength of what we're gonna do and as I said if even if it does feel a little bit long you know you're yeah, you know, if you're brand new to meditation, you can get up and go for a little bit of a walk or something. So, so no problem there. Um, so with that, we might make a start then. <clears throat> so if you'd just like to find a comfortable seat. And settle in to however you're sitting, whether it's on a chair or on the floor, either way is fine. You can rest your hands just gently on your lap. And if you feel okay, you can start to close your eyes. Or even if you like, you can keep them open, gazing down. The main thing is to try to keep your back nice and straight. But not too rigid. Just upright. You can take a few deep breaths. We can start to notice the sounds that are around us in the room, or the sounds that come from outside. Notice any smells in the room, any odors.
And you can start to notice how your body feels simply just sitting here in this place. All the different sensations you might experience. The touch of your cloth against your skin. The weight of your body sinking into your seat. The feeling of your hands resting on your lap. Your feet touching the floor. different sensations that are coursing throughout your body at this point in time. Tingling, vibration, temperature, movement. You can even notice the slight adjustments your body makes as it moves and balances and as the breath goes in and out it's a constant shift and constant adjustment of the body and the breath And see if you can notice in a little bit more detail now by moving your awareness around your body like a spotlight moving through a dark field. You can start at the top of your head and move your attention down through your face and your neck your shoulders and down your arms to the tips of your fingers and through your torso and abdomen all the way down your legs to the bottom of your feet spend the next few minutes moving your attention up and down the body Noticing any, all the different sensations. You can notice if there's any tension or tightness anywhere. Maybe in your shoulders or in your back. Or even in your face, around your eyes, around your jaw. And if you do notice any tension, just try to soften those areas. Release that tension and just simply relax.
and any sounds or smells or distracting, uncomfortable sensations that you experience, just notice that these things continue to change and arise, stay for a little while and pass away. Just spend the next few minutes noticing this process.
And as your mind starts to gently settle down, stops worrying about things in the past or in the future. If you can allow your awareness to just simply rest in one spot, wherever you feel most comfortable placing your attention, might be on the feeling of the breath coming in and going out, maybe at the tip of the nose, or in the chest as it expands and contracts, or in the abdomen as it rises and falls. Or it could even be watching this whole process of the breath coming and going, and noticing how the breath moves throughout the body at these three places and beyond. Or alternatively, you can rest your attention just one spot in your body and the sensations there. That spot could be all the different tingling sensations in your hands or in your feet. Or it could even be somewhere in your heart region. Simply place your awareness in this one spot. Gently hold it there. And if the mind does inevitably wander off, you get distracted by thoughts or you get lost in thought or distracted by sounds start thinking about the past thinking about the future there's no need to worry about this it's very natural it's totally normal Simply when you notice that the mind has wandered off, gently and kindly bring it back to this spot where you placed your awareness. Again, either the breath or some certain spot, the sensations in your body. Let's do this for the next few minutes by yourself.
again if the mind has wandered off. You become bored or distracted. The mind just simply drifts. There's no need to feel agitated or uptight. And just simply return to this place where you place your attention, the breath or the sensations. And just simply do this over and over until the mind settles in that spot. We might worry, why am I not calm? Why isn't my mind still? Why can't I relax? There's no need to fight against this. You already have within you the ability to let things go and relax. You've done it before. Even think of a time where you maybe just were sitting on a beach with nothing to do. You came home from work at the end of the day and you're tired and you just flop into a chair. And you just put everything down. And just let everything go. You just relax and be in that spot. If we let go these worries and agitations about the mind not calming down, and we just allow ourselves to be right here, doing nothing else but simply watching the breath or sensations, this calm will be here naturally. You don't have to do anything. Just simply let things be and be aware of the breath and sensations. 
nothing else.
Now for the next few moments, see if you can shift your awareness into that place in your body where you typically feel different emotions. For a lot of people, it might be in the heart region. Could even be in the stomach. Anywhere where you usually feel emotions like happiness or joy. or even anger, agitation, or regret, or guilt. See if you can locate that spot and just see if you can rest your awareness there and notice the different sensations that might change and move throughout it for a few moments. Tonight, I'm going to try to work with this aspect of self-forgiveness. If you feel uncomfortable with it at any point, you can simply just ignore what I'm saying and go back to watching the breath or sensations. But anybody that would like to try this out, just try to bring to mind something very small in your own life that you did. Again, don't try to think of anything big, any huge mistakes or regrets that you may have. Just start with something very small. Maybe just a small thing like you broke your diet. Or you said something that was just a little bit uncomfortable. Or even you got a little bit agitated. you think that 
wasn't right for me to get frustrated or angry like that. Just bring to mind some kind of small mistake that you made. And notice how it feels in this region where you usually feel emotions, your heart or your stomach or even in your head. Notice that feeling. And see if you can identify what it is. Might be guilt. Be shame, might be embarrassment. Might be worthlessness. Just notice how this feels. Again, if it's too much, just pull back and watch the breath. See if you can be okay with this discomfort. Try not to push it away. But just be okay with it. Observe it. Not as you than as simply a feeling, a sensation. To allow it to be there. Accept that it's there. And now just think of yourself at that time 
compared to who you are right now. You've changed since then. Just see if you can softly and soothingly tell yourself this mistake that I made was just a mistake. It's not me. I made it because a momentary lapse of concentration or mindfulness. Or it was something that was beyond my control. Or it was something I didn't understand then that I now know. And think, may I make forgive myself for this mistake, this wrong action. May I forgive myself for not understanding. You can repeat this over in your mind or anything that you feel comfortable telling yourself, any phrases, any words. What would it be like to let go of this burden? How would your heart feel if you let go of these emotions? May I forgive myself? this mistake. May I forgive myself for this thing that I didn't know. May I forgive myself for not understanding. Try to feel what it's like to let that go, even if it's just for a fleeting moment, an instant, a flash.
And when you notice that, glimpse of freedom, see if you can sink into it. That release. You can gently cradle it. You can keep saying over and over, I forgive myself. I forgive myself for not understanding. I forgive myself. I forgive myself for not understanding. I forgive myself. I forgive myself for not understanding. And now just take a few deep breaths. Start to notice and feel the rest of your body. You can notice the sounds around you. Maybe some of the heavy feelings of your body against the seat. And again, take a few deep breaths and any kind of negative or residual tension or emotion that might be in the mind. See if you can breathe that tension out as you come back to this more solid space in your body.
Okay. How was that? A bit intense for some people. Was it good? Relieving? I guess, you know, the caveat to these kinds of uh, practices that we do. Uh, what we call the cultivating practices. These are practices like uh, loving-kindness, compassion, forgiveness, gratitude, all these things. Um, while they're obviously meant to be uh, bringing about a kind of positive mindset, just you have to obviously be aware that they are going to bring some different things up, so you just sort of have to be prepared for that. And uh, if it is becoming too intense, you know, obviously you just pull back. You don't try to... Um, go too far into them when you're not actually ready to. So that's always a bit of the bit of the concern about doing these things in a public setting. You know, just sort of throwing these things out there and saying, oh, "I hope everybody's okay." <laughs> you know, sink or swim kind of thing. <laughs> Anybody have anything? Any kind of reflections? Anything that they'd like to share? Or any questions? Any misunderstandings? You're all good? Cool. <laughs> we can all go home. <laughs> Shay, is there anything online or? Uh, yes, Ajahn. Yep. Um, thanks for the meditation. So we have some question from yesterday. Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, Ajahn. What to do when you no longer have friends due to practicing Dharma and you have no design except for survival purpose to be with others? Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a difficult one and I don't want to... I don't want to speak explicitly too much to this because I don't know your exact. It's it's very hard to. It's for one, I don't even know if the person is there tonight. But uh, but two, I, I don't know a lot about your life situation, so I can only give some kind of general reflections. Um, that this is actually something that happens, uh, unfortunately, more often than not, is that people get really into meditation or they get really into dharma practice and. They start to have some good experiences, so they get some good results from it, and you get this kind of mind state where it's like, okay, I need to keep doing this so nothing in the world matters. You know, my family doesn't matter, my friends don't matter. Um, they're just a distraction for me uh, achieving this kind of peace. And um, it happens to, it does happen to a lot of people because you know we 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 misequate the calm that we might be experiencing uh, with, and we misequate that with that we're just becoming more and more introverted and we're doing this more and more ourselves. Um, and that 
disconnecting from other people is the thing that's actually giving us this peace and this calm. But you know, the the essentially the thing that's giving this, you your peace and your calm is is just your meditation. Um, it's not it's not the disconnect from other people in the world. It's the mind that's calming down. That's that's the important thing. It's not the it's not what's happening in the world that's the important thing. That's sort of got nothing really to do with it. So it's a common misunderstanding. We think we need to draw more and more more and more inwards, then we'll get more and more calm. But what happens is is we draw more inwards and we disassociate a lot more with the world. And what ends up happening after a while is people drop off and they drop away. And you've been doing it for a while and you realize it's like, oh hang on, I'm you know I'm actually lonely. I did this because I was becoming calmer and more more centered. But now I've become calm and centered that doesn't last for a long time and I've my mind swung back to just being normal again and everybody's gone. So it's it's unfortunately it's a common thing that happens to a lot of practitioners and so that's why that's why um, we need to I think I think it's very important to balance our practice out of developing these calm mind states and reflecting on the Dharma and reflecting on impermanence and all these kinds of things, but also balance these out with these kind of, like we did tonight with these cultivating practices, kindness towards others, compassion towards others. So we actually keep this connection with the people around us um, that insulates us a little bit from, you know, going too much into your own head and into your own world. So, yeah, again, I'm, this is very, very general advice. I don't know this, don't know your situation well, but uh, one thing I can uh, sort of say is that you know, even though maybe you've gone through that, it's like it's not the end of the process. You know, you're still, you know, you're still alive. Um, you're still breathing. You still have a heart. You still have a mind. You can always change that again. You can always reconnect with people. You can always try to actively connect with other people, and um, and even you know you can really try to connect with people that are practicing dharma as well. And you make that a part of your practice. You don't just make it a part of your practice just to sit there and watch your breath. You make it a part of your practice to develop this more outward-going sense of kindness and connection and compassion and connection to other people and connection to something bigger and connection to some other bigger kind of purpose in life as well. So even though you might have taken some wrong turns along the way, it's like you're not too far. You're not too far gone yet. You know, there's always ways you can come back. You can always swing back. So hopefully, hopefully that helps in some way and hopefully that answered the question as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thanks. So all those examples you gave yesterday yep. was the individual acting. Yep. But I don't exist. Yeah. So uh, there's no... Uh, yeah. Isn't there own and, and maybe this is the wrong idea, but isn't yep. there only right action mm. in the moment yeah so sorry just quickly for anybody that you know, i don't know i don't not expecting you to listen to my talk yes yesterday but i gave the talk yesterday and i talked a lot about 
how do I summarize it? Uh, I, I talked a lot about how we uh, morally view the world as Buddhists in light of karma and the interaction between our our intentions, our actions, and the consequences that those make. And there's not always a there's not always a neat line between all those things. What we consider right and wrong is it's just messy. It's just, it's a messy, it's a messy. So I gave a lot of examples where, um, uh, you know, we have different intentions and actions and we judge the consequences differently. And so, yeah, the, the question of, well, okay, well, if there is, and let me, and tell me if I get this wrong, but if there is no self, uh, like Buddhists actually teach, well, then who is the owner of that action then is there uh, if there isn't really no self then there is only just an action at that point in time um uh and i don't you know maybe just extend on that that you know it's the action is just an action it's not a right or a wrong action the action is just the action because there is no agent there that holds holds continuity or responsibility for that is that a fair yeah, summation yeah, of it that's good yeah yeah and okay and so you've 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 like touched on one of the topics that I love and I think about this a lot and I I unfortunately could just ramble about it for ages and I could ramble about it for ages and not get to a point where anything actually makes sense uh, uh, and I could just just continue to sort of confuse everybody else and continually confuse myself because I've never come up with a good explanation of this I've never come up with a good conclusion of this and that's why it's such a cool problem because there is there's not a good answer to it so, so I'll backtrack a little bit and give a little bit more of the, let's call it the Buddhist answer and the easier answer to this is that, uh, again, the, if you remember from yesterday, I talked about the Buddha talking about uh, 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 neither light nor dark action that l leads to either light nor dark consequences. And these are the actions that lead us to actions and consequences and intentions that lead us towards developing on the Buddhist path. Um, and so we would sort of say that those kinds of those kinds of actions and consequences, even though in an ultimate in an ultimate sense of the ultimate sense of the universe being you know, you know, uh, limitless in space and time, um, that in that ultimate kind of sense, maybe these things don't matter. But uh, for our own, uh, on our own path towards trying to develop ourselves closer and closer towards the abandonment of karma and uh, uh, liberating ourselves, then these actions do sort of matter. They do carry some kind of weight. Um, and as I essentially said at the end of yesterday is like the way that we look at these things is like even though so that might be true in an ultimate sense so in an ultimate sense you may have no self in this ultimate sense um, and ultimately action is just action though what gives it a moral valence or what gives it moral weighting is the way that we're interpreting the situation while that might be true in an ultimate sense uh, what is important is is actually how we're acting now because you might say this and you can say, oh, in an ultimate sense, I have no self, so I can walk up and punch you in the face. And in an ultimate sense, it's just my, this is just a bunch of atoms and atoms and skin and bones moving through space and, and contacting with another, contacting with an, another mass of atoms. But you're going to get pretty annoyed with me if I go up and punch you in the face. So 
even though in an ultimate sense that might be true, we still have to act in a way where, um, uh, where, where what we do matters. What we do has consequences. What we do is, you know, either right or wrong. What we do is either harming, causing more harm, or what we do is putting more, more uh, non-harm into the world. So, in an ultimate sense, we could say, yeah, these things don't you know, really matter. There is no sort of self there. There is no agent there that continues, uh, continues through that is the owner of that action. Um, there is no agent there. But still, we have to act as if there was one to actually develop ourselves morally. Because if we don't, what ends up happening is, is you know, we're not arahats yet. We're not fully enlightened. So what ends up happening if, if we you know, intellectually have this idea that there is no self and I just, I'm going to act in a nihilistic kind of way. While we've reasoned ourselves into that proposition, we actually end up suffering a lot. You know, ultimate truth, all that, put that aside, you just end up suffering a lot because you have this kind of nihilistic view of the world where nothing actually matters and it's all just no self. And you haven't really truly realized that thing yet. So, uh, you know, you, you, um, you do sort of have to act in that way where things do feel like they have a moral weight. Because even though you might think this, it's like, okay, I'm no self here. It's, doesn't actions don't matter it's like everybody else in the room and everybody else in your life feels like it matters you, know, you can you can say to them yeah. uh you know my child i'm going to leave you there's no self so it doesn't matter it's like you you know you, you, it's, it, maybe it doesn't matter to you but it matters to them maybe it matters to your wife maybe it matters to the people around them maybe it matters to this how this person acts as they go through the rest of their lives and the kind of the interactions and the relationships and the connections and all these kinds of things that this individual has that sort of you know, moves out into the rest of the world maybe that doesn't matter for you because you have this understanding of dharma and no self but it does matter it has a knock-on effect not just for yourself but for all those people that in some way uh, this action does have some kind of consequence. Because that's, that's another thing to remember, and I said I wouldn't ramble about it, but I, I ramble about it because I, I really like this conversation, I really like this topic. Um, but if we remember what karma is, karma is simply in some sort of intention, an action, and a consequence. So there is just the action, the action, you know, let's call it value neutral. But that value-neutral action does have some kind of consequence, does have some kind of knock-on effect. So that knock-on effect is not just for yourself, but it's, it's for other people as well. So while it's nice to play with that idea, you know, we actually do have to live our lives like, like things have a moral valence and they do have a moral weight. We have to live our lives in a way that we do have a sense of moral responsibility for our actions um, because, you know, they do have consequences and they have consequences for uh, 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 others around us and that actually really does matter. All right, so it would be fair to say that my action in the moment mm. is critical. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. All right. All yeah. right. And I'd just like to say thanks for that talk yesterday. No, no problem. No problem. It sort of alleviated a couple of things in my mm. mind. Good, good, good. Uh, it, <laughs> it's, it does the opposite to me. I, it doesn't alleviate more things. It just sort of brings up more problems for me. So. <laughs> um, thank you, Ajahn. Yep.
Uh, we have a question online from yep. Rick, yep. Indiana. Mm. Thank you, Arjun Sadura, for the powerful meditation. Mm. I felt the difficult feeling with a tighten, tightening of throat, mm. followed by surrender and peace. Mm. The question is, how do we maintain joy and peace when going through financially difficult time? Thank you. Yeah, it's obviously it's it's not easy um, because again the the world impacts how you're going to respond to it, and especially something like financial difficulty can obviously be very very has a lot of strain just on you, not just in the moment but over a longer period of time. So you know, how do you actually maintain joy in those aspects in those in those times? Well, it's it's it's, it's probably it's probably a little bit too much to expect joy in that in that time um uh it's it's potentially building up a uh like a false kind of false kind of reality of the of the situation that's not going to be there it's like saying well i'm angry now how do i be calm you know the way you actually be calm from anger is to learn to accept the anger know that the anger is actually there and sort of be aware that this is something that is present in the moment and that this thing is just like it is now. And at some point, this is just the way it has to be right now. At some point it will change. So this aspect of, okay, I'm feeling kind of uh, uh, financial hardship. There's many, there's many associated negative emotions that come along with that. So how do I actually feel joy in this moment? It's, it's probably, it's probably too much to go, well, I should be totally happy and joyous when I'm like broke and all these prob problematic things are happening. But the other side of that, you know, one thing that you can actually do is, you know, be, try to develop some kind of gratitude for what you have. You know, we, you know, might, you might be going through a lot of financial difficulties, but there's many things that you do actually have at the moment. Um, you know, for you know, for one, you have some sort of dhamma practice. That's you know, that's something to be very, very grateful for. Uh, you have the you have the teachings. Um, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, there's other aspects of your life that you can be grateful for. It's like you live in a country where um, you know, it might be relatively stable country. You still have some. You still have food to eat. Um, you can still access services and things like this. Uh, you might have other people in your life. You might have pets. You might have something in your life that you can be grateful for. And so trying to develop, actively develop these, uh, uh, these uh, states of gratitude can, you know, again, it doesn't make everything better. It doesn't fix your financial situation and you shouldn't expect it to, but it can give you a bit of a at least a little bit of a relief from the the vicissitudes of going through that kind of financial hardship and and bring up at least some at least try to stabilize the mind a little bit more um, and maybe even sort of maybe even tip it into the area of happiness and contentment and joy and um, yeah so so this you know trying to actually develop some sort of gratitude that can help but you know there's no there's no silver bullet with these things as well so yeah hopefully hopefully your financial situation gets better soon it's uh, it's got a you know these things are these things are obviously very very tough so you know hopefully your dharma practice can help you with that in some way in the in the, in the mind's side of things so. 
On that happy note, <laughs> right, call it a night then. Thanks for coming. It was good to see a lot of you. So, yep. Hope you have a good night. <laughs>